WIOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Sounds Good Music House, the record shop on Main Street in Andes for new and used vinyl, including new releases and rare titles across all genres, as well as turntables, mid-century furniture, and original artwork. Sounds Good Music House buys used records, too. Open weekends and any time the doors open. More information at 845-676-6233, 845-676-6233, or soundsgoodcatskills.com. Sweet Pea Supply Company in the hamlet of Halkettsville for fresh-made baked goods, prepared dishes, and Jane's Ice Cream. A general store with an international selection of chocolates, condiments, and gifts. Open Thursday through Monday, 11 to 7. Sweet Pea Supply Company, Bragg Hollow Road, Halkettsville. 607-326-6776. 607-326-6776. Weekly specials posted at sweetpeasupplyco.com. The Catskill Mountain Foundation, celebrating 25 years of bringing arts to the mountaintop with over 90 performances, 35 classes, and countless community events this year, from Grammy Award-winning musical performances to dance and art classes for all ages, including weekly weaving classes. Information at CatskillMTN.org. WIOX Roxbury is supported by you. And a really easy way to support WIOX is to donate your car or truck, one that you don't need anymore. You know, the one sitting out in the backfield or off the side of your driveway. We'll get the old clunker out of the way at no cost to you. But it could be worth hundreds of dollars to support WIOX. Learn more about WIOX vehicle donations at WIOXradio.org. Thank you.
Okay, you are listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20. And at 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXradio.org on computers and smartphones. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan and John. John, how's it going? Oh, things are good. Feeling refreshed. Refreshed. I went on vacation last week. All right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, cool. We both cool. went to Massachusetts. I know. I guess I passed you on uh, the Mass Pike somewhere, maybe. I went the whole length, pretty much. Yeah, I ended up stopping, uh, heading for the Cape, but stopped at Buzzards Bay, south of the Cape. It was a lot of fun. Ended up catching uh, straight bass from a kayak. Sweet. Uh, oh, man, dude, that's... I mean, you know, people pay big money for uh, charters to take them out there to fish from a boat. Yeah. Imagine just doing it yourself in a kayak. Getting towed around. <laughs> I got towed around by fish. That's As good it, action. Yeah, it was, uh, maybe it was just fun because it was new, but it was it was a blast for me. Yeah. So, that's what I did. It wasn't forest related. That was my wife's birthday, and we went to uh, Cape Ann, which is the North Shore. Cape Cod would be considered like the South Shore. Mm -hmm. They call it the North Shore there. And, uh, you know, Gloucester still has a pretty cool fishing industry still still around. It's where Gorton's is and uh, many fishing companies. They go way out to sea. You know, like the, the movie, The Perfect Storm. Those oh. are Gloucester men. Okay. Right. Uh, but we stay in Rockport, and it's pretty cool. Um, totally different than here. It's very rocky in a way that... Uh, like there's, it's all rock. It lives up to its name, Rockport. Uh, the trees get about thirty feet, forty feet. It's a tall tree around there. You know, if it gets taller, it's really tall. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. You know what's weird about Cape Ann, which is what it's called, is that people plant hedges and flower gardens and gardens, and they have no fences. They don't have deer yet. It's an island, and they haven't made it out there. There are deer there, but I never see deer. No? If you see a deer print, it's a big deal. Huh. Uh, I've seen some deer hunters in the woods and talked to them, and they say, yeah, hunting's good, and I believe it. I believe it's good hunting because they have lots of food and, and cover. There's just cover everywhere, but you don't see deer. They're not even browsing you. I mean, you can plant a you there, and it won't. nothing will eat it. Wow. So it's a different world. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was, I didn't get a big, you know, I wasn't out and about enough to get a good gauge. I didn't go for hikes in the woods or anything, but I saw two deer in the nights that we were there. Uh, the neighbor had a uh, apple tree that was fruiting, so the deer were attracted to that. But there was tracks up and down the beach from deer, yet the same thing. Everyone had immaculate landscaping, so yeah. they have some deer, but not enough to be pressured into yardscapes yet. No, not at all. I, I've I've only seen one deer there. The whole time, out of out of ten years, I've been going there, and I walk a lot in the woods. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Wow, it really is. And it's you know, you come to New York State, and it's like they're they're on the side of the thruway. They're everywhere. Oh my you know? gosh! The last three nights, they're everywhere. Going going home from work, couldn't believe it. Absolutely, bears. Bears. Been seeing a lot of bears lately, but uh, <coughs> I don't know. Big bear last night. Got to watch it from our van. Go pillage someone's dumpster, you know, <laughs> as they do, as they do. But I went away before this as well, so I've been going away a lot lately. I guess um, nothing long. It was more of a what some people would call a staycation. Uh, each year, I've been doing a, a trip 
by myself solo f- since 2004. I've been going back to the same spot, which is now coming up on 20 years. Well, it's a well. long time now, I guess. But it, it's nice. It kind of uh, last year I, I I kind of missed it because I had surgeries and I came to realize that the hike was more important than I originally thought. I don't know for some reason it it's good for me. All right, <laughs> it hits the reset button, and you know it teaches patience again. And and a lot of time I hike a lot, but I also sit around a lot once I get up to to the mountain summit there where I'm at, and I don't really have much else to do, and that's a good thing. You know, it just uh, kind of slows everything down for a few days. And I get to look down on the uh, the Hudson Valley and the Ashokan Basin. And I can see Kingston and everything. But anyway, um, there's no real trail. I just kind of play around with the compass and the altimeter, which is kind of fun to do. Um, you could use, you know, GPS now. But I just use the compass because I, I just enjoy the compass. All right. You get to the point that you've been doing it so long that you need... I mean, it's it's good to have a backup, but you, you almost have a memorized path you like to go. Yeah, pretty, for the most part. I mean, th- so in the beginning, I walk a, a trail now, an old forest road. I get up on top of the of the uh, the ridge. This is in the Slide Mount Wilderness area. I'm not going to say where. I really don't want to draw any more attention. After this year, and I'll talk about it tonight, I saw more people than I ever have. And this is all trailless. I, mean, I used to never see anyone, mm-hmm. ever. But um, in any case, yeah, I take an old forest road up to the top. And, you know, the way the ridges come together there, I could probably do it now without a compass. But there's a spot where you could you – could, what ends up happening is people get lazy and they end up contouring more than they think. So you wouldn't get lost maybe, but it would make longer time because you'd get off. And the leaves are still on too. I can't see the mountain in front of me mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's i am starting to like realize like oh there's that other trail oh, this other logging trail comes in front of me yeah i know the head of the stream now where it is okay there's a couple of walls of cliffs i have to go over and now i'm into the yellow birch and the red spruce and then balsam and then blah 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 yeah yeah it's like i mean i have this one mountain that i I, I like to hike, but I don't like like the trail of it. I do a bushwhack up it, and you got to skirt around a property line and and get up there. And um, it's becoming like to the point now. It's like I know where to turn left. Like there's a tree, like I keep yeah. running into, and it's it's a distinguishable hemlock. You can't miss it. Right. But like somehow, like even without a map and compass, I just stumble upon that tree every yeah. time. And I know to turn left there, and I got to start heading uphill. And so I, I figured you probably starting to do some of the same i do yeah i mean there's there's a guy's uh barrel that he lays in the middle of nowhere someone must have put a barrel out to leave their hunting gear or something out there middle of nowhere wow. i come across that <laughs> <laughs> it's camouflage paint, spray painted camouflage yeah it's in the middle the of nowhere. <laughs> i know but um well you know you get herded into certain areas too without even knowing it right yeah just so that yeah but with that being said you know you are alone and the more you walk in, the more um, I'm more cognizant of getting injured than I used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I don't know. It's just um, you're alone, and and there's no one coming. I don't have a cell phone on me. A lot of people will probably be like, "What the hell is he thinking? You should have a phone on." Not you. that it would even work up there anyway. It probably would because oh, there you're is looking a, over Kingston there. So. Well, 
there's a cell tower that I can see from my campsite. And one time I did bring one because my uh, my wife was pregnant. Mm. And I had 5G up there. <laughs> so, you know, I turned it on for a second. And I was like, holy crap, this thing is like fully on. <laughs> okay, so it does work then. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're, you're high and you're looking down on a cell tower and uh, you would get it. And I've thought about having an emergency phone with me, but... I don't, all right? So maybe you should, but I don't. And um, I do give people my route and everything. But, you know, I got a full pack on too. And take your time. I don't want to waste energy. So I, that's why I do use the compass. I don't use as much as I used to, like like you're saying. But I also don't want to waste any energy. Mm-hmm. I just want to get to my spot as efficiently as possible. And uh, I have a GPS, but I have the old one, the old E-Trex. Yeah. Like $100 special. Yeah, the old garments. Yeah, the originals. Yeah, once in like this other time, I was trying to find a trail junction, and I was like, I don't feel like doing this with a compass. I didn't think I walked far enough. It turned out I I did not walk far enough. I thought I already walked there, rather. So I put it on, and I think it's a pain in the butt because it's an onboard compass. You have to be walking for it, and it doesn't stay in one spot as much as you think. You know, the compass, you're like, you're just walking straight towards your... Your, your thing but the compass has a disadvantage too in that you have to pay attention to it a little bit more um then i ran into a bear hunter in the middle of nowhere and, and you know he's just like oh this is where we're at he pulls up his phone i'm like jesus christ oh yeah it was like uh you know prehist- prehistoric man meets new guy i'm like uh that's where we are aren't we he's like yeah yeah it's right here and he starts pointing to it i'm like this is I oh, know. As this you're talking, I've, I've got a two or three devices in my brain that I can let you know about if you're interested. But there's some there's some cool stuff out there now. Yeah. No. I I mean I'm I am aware of them. Um, there's that one app that a lot of hunters. What is it called? Onyx Hunt. Onyx. That's probably what he was using. Yeah, it's great. But like I said, to me, it's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I still like to to use it. And uh, the nice thing is, you do learn. When you're using the map and compass, you do learn a little bit about, you know, it gets your mind focused on the contours again and, and ridges and stuff like that and all that. And Well, if you ever do want to up, upgrade your GPS, Garmin makes a cool one now. It's the in-reach compass. Yeah. And it's got a satellite text emergency feature. So you could have just your same old Garmin, but now if you ever needed it, you can text a, text your wife or whatever, whoever, yeah. from anywhere with satellite. Right. A lot of people are getting those now. Yeah, I could see that. So, um, only, so there's only, I used to do this during the summer, and now September, I have, for me, is the best time to be out in the woods, I think. This is for hiking. Um, it's warm enough during the day where you normally don't need a lot of gear. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're prepared for the evening, because it can get cold, and it did, those 30 mile per hour winds one night hmm. you know and i was at you know 3300 feet so yeah so at 40 <laughs> something degrees up there probably right yeah i mean it only I, my watch only said it got down to like 53 i was surprised because it, it faces east and that rock stays warm from the, once that sun comes up over the hudson valley it really warms it up fast hmm. but um on the other side it was colder yeah. <laughs> once i dipped down onto the west side it was like oh okay you know, but um, I, I only go out in good weather now. So I used to hike from like Arkville or Margerville towards where I grew up in Gardner, and you know, 
that's always what I wanted to do. And then along the way, I just realized there's only a few spots I, I really like a lot. So I just go to those spots now, and it's over in the Slide Mountain Wilderness area. And so I don't through hike anymore. I just do kind of a loop, and it involves mountain and stream. And uh, like I said, I don't go out in rainy weather. I just look for a good three-day window. And it was beautiful. It was like, you know, 5% chance of rain to zero. And uh, I don't know. It was it was awesome. I mean, you can't beat September weather when it's clear. There's no humidity. There's no bugs at all. Right. You know. So it's too cold for, for, for snakes. <laughs> Not that there's any snakes up there anyway. But no. Yeah. Well, sounds like you got it figured out for... At least what your your goals are for what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what I try to do is, is pick an area where you get a nice mountain view on one day or two days and then a stream. You know, try, try to mix it up. But um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. And tonight's topic is Ryan's Walk in the Woods. Just a three-day trip, 2023. silent desperation Keeping an eye on the Holy Land A hypothetical destination Say who is this walking man Well the leaves have come to turn in and the goose has gone to fly And bridges are full burning So don't you let that yearning pass you by Walking man The walking man walks Well, any other man stops and talks But the walking man walks is on the pumpkin and the hay is in the barn yeah happy's come to ramble then all stumbling around drunk down on the farm and the walking man walks he doesn't know nothing at all any other man stops and talks but the walking man walks on by Walk on by Most everybody got seed to sow It ain't always easy for a weed to grow No, no So he don't hold the rope for no one The show one's always missing And something is never quite right Ah, but who would want to listen to you Kissing his existence goodnight Walking man Walk on by my door Will any other man stops and talks But not the walking man 
This is from the forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic. This is Ryan and John. Tonight, we're talking about my trip, Ryan's trip in the woods um, a couple weeks ago, just a three-day trip. Um, So I guess we could go day one, two, and three. Let's just do that. Sure. Yeah, so go to a parking area, park, and take an old forest road up the hill. As soon as I started going up, this is a south-facing slope, so there's some red oak. Noticed a lot of acorns on the ground, which is good for this coming hunting season i hope but um there was a bear hunter right there skinning out of a small black bear near the parking area yeah right on the road about a mile up huh and uh he was he was field dressing him on the ground which i've never done before seems difficult that's what we did with my bear yeah uh, i like method really? I've, I've dragged out two for other people and that was my own that we decided to pack out yeah and uh, i think i think it was a better method yeah, there's, well, there's another guy. He 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 strung it up using line, I guess, uh, with a gambrel. But they both are small bears. If I got a small bear, I guess I would. I think I would string him up. I I don't know. It's, it's got to be a little hard to keep the meat clean. Well, I mean, not really, because when the way you do it is you on you skin off half side, one half the animal, the, the upside, right? And then if you're very careful. You lay that down, and that's yeah. your workstation now, and it's clean hide. Yeah. And then when you're ready to roll it, then you roll it over, and you skin off the other half, and now you got a fresh new half to, to side to work off of again. Um, yeah, it worked great. Hmm. You know, you just got to be diligent. You can't be, like, kicking your boots around, kicking leaves and dirt on things, you know. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, you got to—it was a small bear, but uh, he got one as soon as I was walking in. I, I was like, look at that. Did you hear the shot? No, no, I didn't. I saw, I saw some blood or whatever on the on the trail, and then uh, I saw his orange, and there he was. He he didn't want to talk too much, which you know he was focused, mm-hmm. you know. So I just con- congratulated him and walked up the trail. A couple of years ago, this is the early rifle season for for bear. There's an early bear season in this part of the Catskills, so um, and it was good weather for it. It wasn't too hot out, and. Last year, the year before, there was a there was a campsite there, so people were using this area. Apparently, this area has some of the most bear harvested in the state, so wow. I've heard. Hmm. I think I looked it up once, and it's true. You know, three C and three uh, A. This yeah. part of three A, three C. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a bear harvest report every year, so yeah, yeah. you look that up. Yeah. But yeah, once you get on top, it's it's typical northern hardwoods, a lot of beach and. Uh, Red maple, sugar maple, not much of an understory. It's pretty browsed, and despite not seeing very many deer, and there are some deer on top of the hill, um, I very rarely uh, see anything like sugar maple growing, things that they like to eat. I look for ginseng. I've never seen it in that area, which is too bad, and I feel like it's not just from poaching. I I do think it's from uh, the deer, Hmm. you know? 
but you see more black bear sign than anything else. So, um, uh, what kind of food do you think they're eating? The bears? Yeah. Oh, they're going underneath rocks a lot. Uh, there's black cherries. The black cherries are raining this year. Yeah. They were really full. That's what I've found around here. Um, yeah. Are they in those acorns or no? Acorns, beech nuts, mountain ash berries, hobblebush. There's, there's hobblebush. As you go up higher in elevation, you start to run into hobblebush because the deer aren't browsing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just you know, knocking over a lot of rocks underneath them. All over the place. Probably that's probably more from the spring out, you know, springtime. Yeah, I noticed that June, July. Uh, oftentimes the rocks are all turned over. Yeah, I ran into a bear hunter on the way out on day three, but I'll just mention that. And he was wondering where to go, and I said, you know, I don't really hunt bears very often, but I have noticed in my own experience that it seems like bears are going uphill during the day to go for cover or bed or whatever. And at night, they come downhill. That's what I've always noticed. And I think downhill, I feel like they're going to people's homes Mm -hmm. (laughs) to raid. Or where there's more apple trees. Just more food down low. Yeah, cover of darkness they have now. They can get closer to where the humans are. There might be more food. And during the day, they go up and forage and whatever, browse. And so he came back the the third day and, and, and went on top of the mountain in the morning to wait for him to come up and he got a bear so i don't know if it was just lucky or but so you ran into him on day one then that was day three yeah i'll get to that yeah oh, okay yeah was a, i ran into another bear hunter oh know, okay on, it was on a different the last guy. day yeah it was crazy crazy but um and there was he said that there was other bear hunters in there too so there's all sorts of people but um what I do is I, I just basically, once I get on top of the ridge after going on that forest road, I set a bearing on the compass and, well, first of all, when I get out of the truck, I set my altimeter to the known elevation so I know that it's kind of calibrated. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you won't know where you are. And then I take up the forest road, go to the top of the ridge, and then set a bearing to the to the stream that I'm going to hike up. And what's really cool about that is once you get to the stream... You know exactly where you are because you can see the contour and your elevation on the altimeter. Now you know right where you are. All right, and the, and then I'll follow that up as high as I can where there's water. That gives me a chance to drink all my water and and to fill up a half a gallon, two quarts of water because there's no water on top of the mountain, which is very important. Right. <laughs> so you you're there hydrated and then packed full. Yeah, I like you know it's I think it's. I still have some of that military in me where I like to piss clear, as we say. <laughs> you're not pissing clear, you're dehydrated. Right. <laughs> they pounded that into us in the military. Every time you went to use the urinal, there was a, a, a chart in front of your head that said, yellow, slightly clear, clear. <laughs> <laughs> what color are you today? <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, I, when you are very hydrated, you're pissing clear. I don't know. You do feel a lot better. Yeah, but it takes work to yeah. to do that. Right. You have to really be diligent to drink that much water. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember one Marine saying to me, "I think I've been dehydrated my whole life." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think they took it to a, you know a crazy degree with the, the hydration, but you, you do see, your body does seem to feel um, energized when you drink that much water, as long as you're getting your salts and your sugars, which usually isn't a problem because you don't need much food to get your electrolytes. Right. But um, yeah, so. Fill up my water. I used to take only one quart on top of the mountain, and this year I finally took two because 
throughout the night, I was like, you know, starting to not piss clear and getting a little dehydrated. And again, when you're alone, you wanna you wanna be as you know healthy as possible because no one no one's there. You know, you wanna you wanna have your, everything going for you. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want any muscle cramps, nothing, nothing like that. You know. I don't know if being hydrated is going to uh, reduce the chances of getting a sprained ankle, but if if anything at all, it might it, keep your head in the clear, and that pre- <laughs> prevents a silly accident. Exactly. You know, um, another thing I brought this year was a, a hiking cane, which those things are awesome. Uh, man, they fold up like like a trekking poles. Yeah, it's a trekking pole, but they call it a cane. It's shaped more like a cane, but um it folds up into three sections so hmm. it disappears. That thing has made like a big difference cuz you know just having a little pole, especially with a metal tip that can grip a rock. The problem with a hiking stick is if it touches a slippery rock, it it doesn't grab. Right. But, you know, those little hiking poles with a little metal on the tip Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. You know how it is. You're coming down those mountains. There's just scree slopes everywhere. Yeah, I have a set too, but they're not cane like. Yeah, is something I like new the, or I like the cane because it, it's like a flat top bar. You know, like a cane. And, yeah. Um, you can just grip it differently. I don't. I don't want two hiking poles because then they get in the way. And plus, if you're using a compass, you need one hand. You need one hand anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Makes and sense. one's fine enough. It's good yeah. enough. You yep. know, it's just one more thing to 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 bring if you need another uh, hiking stick. But so as you go up in elevation and you get above two thousand feet, twenty five hundred feet, twenty eight hundred feet, you start running into more yellow birch, uh, red spruce, and that's when you know you're starting to get there, right? You start seeing a little peppering of red spruce, hobble bush. Which I hope to see not too much of because hobblebush is like the mountains version of mountain laurel. Or the, let me say that differently. It's like the ver- the Shuang Ridge where I hike as well has mountain laurel. And that is terrible to walk through. The, the Catskill Mountains don't have as much mountain laurel, but um, they get hobblebush. And that can be just as bad to walk through. Yes. But it's never that bad anymore because the deer do keep it down. But, so once you get up there and then you get into the balsam finally. And one of my favorite trees that grows up there that isn't really discussed much and is actually a different species that you don't find anywhere else. So now we're into the boreal forest. We're out of the northern hardwoods, which is the maple and the beech and the yellow birch and black birch, hemlock. And you're into the boreal forest. It's kind of like the Adirondacks, right? You get mountain ash, red spruce, balsam fir, and then paper birch, but more importantly, mountain paper birch. Mm. Which is a crazy tree. It only grows like on top of these mountains. You know, and at first I thought it was like um, just a, you know, a, a different kind of like looking paper birch. Turns out it's its own species. I think it's Betula cordifolia. I can't remember the. Yeah, here it is. Betula cordifolia. And uh, it's not Betula papyrifera, which would be paper birch. And its leaves are. A little more triangular looking than paper birch. So it look like a gray birch kind of. Almost like a gray birch, but then the bark is completely coppery red. You've seen this tree. Yeah, I have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important when you're on tops of mountains because there really isn't much else to burn and like if you're just burning balsam to stay warm, it it just just like gasoline just goes away. Mm-hmm. So the paper birch actually becomes a little important because it lasts a little longer. And the bark of it is 
how do I get my fire started? You can get a fire started and like it was raining the whole week before. It didn't matter. You take a little bark off of that stuff and it just wants to burn. It has some kind of resin in it and off it goes. Are you just lighting like a, you know, a little campfire for a couple hours? Or are you doing like an all-nighter thing to keep you kind of warm? Most of the night. Yeah. And not to keep me warm. It's just like to go up there once in a while. Yeah. I'll just want, you know, I'll go down, look at the view. I'll go back up, look at the fire. I just like go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's nothing else to do. It's just ancient television. That's right. what I call fires, you know. <laughs> you get tired of looking at the, the scenery, so then you go back look at the fire. You know what I mean? But, um... Yeah, thank God there's mountain paper birch up there. But like I said, it kind of reminds me of being on top of the mountain because you don't find it. I've never seen it down the valley. If anyone has, let me know because I've never noticed Betula cordifolia down below, like below 3,000 feet. Yeah. I don't know. There's another thing called, uh, what do you get? You get um, mountain holly. That's another kind of cool little shrub that grows up there that I don't see anywhere else. Mountain ash, mm-hmm. which is, you know, there was a lot of berries this year on the mountain ash. I noticed. Oh, cool. Yeah, the Blue Jays were going after it. They were a little pissed off at me because I was, like, sitting right next to one and they wanted part of it. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. So from some of my, from my campsite, I can basically see Devil's Path. I can see out to the Blackhead Range, uh, the Holoshokan Basin. The Shokin Basin's huge. You know, you don't realize how big it is when you're maybe driving through it. Maybe you do, but when you're looking down on it, it it's what a what a what a crazy valley. I mean, it's just so big. Um, it's a shame there's a reservoir in it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people might not like that, but that must have been some decent farmland, I would imagine. And uh, I don't know. It's just. Um, uh, it, you know, I live in Olive, so it really splits up the town. You know, yeah. It's bittersweet looking at that reservoir to me. You know, in some ways it's like, yeah, it's water, you know, and people need the water. In some ways it's like, it reminds me of how the land was taken <laughs> by force. And, all, and I think about all the people that used to make a living down there. And But anyway, it is what it is. And I can see also to the Schwank Ridge, which is where I grew up. And you look down on the ridge. I mean, I'm quite a bit higher than it. The ridge is, I think, Mohonk Mountain or Sky Top or Paltz Point, whatever you want to call it, is um, about maybe 1,400 feet or so at that point. Oh, somewhere so in there. More than double. Yeah. And it looks like this little thing, you know, sticking out of the valley there. You can tell even from the Catskills, though, that it's something interesting because... The rock is completely different. You can make out the white rock from even that far away. Then you can see the Hudson Islands all the way in back of it. On a clear day, you could see out to the Berkshires. I was going to ask. Could you see the the edge of the Berkshires? Oh, yeah. You can see the Kingston-Rhinecliff Bridge plain as day. Hmm. The lights go on. You can see that. You can see people crossing the reservoir very easily. You know? But, um... And then... But where I am is just darkness i mean it's really dark um it's pretty stark you're like man there's there's a healthy two miles as a bird flies between me and the next person right now (laughs) (laughs) which you know if you lived in an area more um remote out west that's nothing i guess but uh we're not that used to that as much no i don't think we are not even on our 
recreational day hikes. It's like you just head downhill and there's a road right there and there's a house on that road. Yeah. And there's a lot of material between to get down and off that mountain. There's a lot of vegetation and navigating right. to get to that road. Right. It's not like, okay, uh, something's wrong. I'll be down there in an hour or two. It's 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 a half a day. It's a mountainous area. It's a tough area. Um, people say, well, they're not that high. But you know what? A grade's a grade. And they are, they're tough mountains, man. They really are. But if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tonight's topic is uh, Ryan's Walk in the Woods 2023 three-day trip up in the mountains. So we talked about, you know, vegetation found on top and, oh, a lot of a lot of sarsaparilla up there, which is what I call false ginseng. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like it, but it's not. I could hear the katydids down below, which is kind of neat because... You never find them up up on the mountain at that elevation, but you could hear them down the Ashokan Basin. A lot of ravens, turkey buzzards flying all around, blue jays, chickadees. Leaves are just starting to turn, um, and you know, very windy, dark where I was. So day two, I went down to a spring that is only. It took me only fifteen minutes to get to, so I was happy about that. Because I had to come back up, and I camped there again. And, you know, one thing the Catskills is, like, the best for is water. I mean, there's just water everywhere. So I only had to hike 12 minutes or so, 15 minutes to get water. But on my way there, you run into first growth and old growth, I would say, both. Mm-hmm. Hemlock. Wow. Yeah. I mean, now, sometimes when you see old growth hemlock, or any tree for that matter, it's not that spectacular because they're growing in such a terrible site that they don't get that tall or big. Yep. Well, these do. And where they're growing, they definitely were never cut. There's no way because well beyond be below that is first growth, meaning it was never cut, farmed, whatever. So not only was it never cut or you know messed with, they're old as well, right? Because they're just big hemlock trees. And hemlock is a weird tree, man, because... You know, it's like there's no hemlocks growing under it. It's like red spruce was all growing under it. Really? Yeah. These did not have the woolly adelgid. By the way, below this spot, all the hemlocks are dying. Hmm. It's too bad. And this is the middle of nowhere. Black birch is unfortunately coming up and hobble bush in places, which really pissed me off because I was tripping all over the place and I was swearing. <laughs> Yeah, I was, you know, if someone was watching this, they're like, oh, look at this guy. He's really getting pissed off. <laughs> Would have made a good reality show. Yeah. Uh, it's just really making me angry because I was going to this waterfall and been in many years. And uh, like I said, I've been going there 20 years now. When I first went there, the hemlocks were nice and you could see the waterfall. It's gotten so bad since the hemlocks have died that the black birch saplings are out are now kind of hiding the waterfall. Oh, wow. So I'm like, son of a bee. But any case, the upper little stand of old-growth hemlock does not have any woolly adelgid. Good. And there's all red spruce growing underneath it. You would think hemlock would grow in places. It doesn't. But uh, it's just nice to see some really – there's nothing like a stand of really large hemlock trees. Oh, yeah. Deer sign all in there. I don't know what they're doing. Any bear sign? Yeah. So I find they like the – under these, those giant diameter hemlocks, it Both. seems like there's always this – flattened down bed that and a pile of bear crap next to it i don't know what it is there's just 
Yeah. Must be in July. They just find the find comfort there because it's nice and cool. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I was surprised there was deer sign below my campsite there at, at around uh, twenty five hundred feet. Mm-hmm. They're, they're there. Not I'm not going to say there's a ton of deer, but there's they're in there for sure. Yep. And now those are definitely mountain deer. <laughs> it's just a beautiful forest, you know. There's a lot of paper birch and that carpet of sphagnum moss everywhere. A little bit of hobble bush, some red spruce mixed in, some yellow birch. It's it's definitely a, like a boreal forest meets northern hardwoods. You know, some red maple here and there. It's beautiful. It really is. It's, it's nice to nice to look at, if nothing else. But um, definitely some deer sign in there. So that's where the big one lives, Jen. That's where you're going back to? <laughs> no. I have gone up there and hunted with a rifle, and, and I was sorry to do it a couple times. Now I'll try some other place. It's a hard place to get to. Yeah. Right. You can get to it, but if you got one, I would definitely not, definitely, definitely not uh, drag it out. Right. You have to pack it. I'd pack it out. I know. I got this Plus, one. I want the hide. I, I want that hide. One spot that I know there's always a big buck on, and the problem is it's... It takes like till eleven a.m. to get there. Yeah. And if you want to get out before dark, you got to leave by two. Right. And what are you going to do in three hours? It's tough. It's. But you know they're there. That's kind of like this place. I went there two years ago, and I I got into what I thought was this buck's bedroom. There's mm. just there's just rubs everywhere, and it's it's like this little high height of land where there's hemlock. You know. Mm-hmm. And you could tell he's probably just sitting there, and then he can go down in any direction. He feels probably really secure. Probably getting thermals pushing up. He could smell from most directions. I'm sure he smelled me and was out of there before I never knew he was around. Yeah. But you could visualize the almighty big white-tailed buck freaking, you know, going up in there. Cool. Never saw him. <laughs> Sign everywhere. But That's fun to dream. Yeah. So in any case... um. Ran into, uh, like I said, ran into some deer sign on the way down. Let's see. How, well, should we go into the uh, into day three here? Huh, I guess we could. Well, I talked about the hemlock. Oh yeah, Deer Islands, Deer Islands. I've I've written about this in the past. I think we even had a radio show on it. The Deer Islands is a real thing. What do I mean by that? I don't actually mean like an island separated by a moat of water or anything. But there's these places on the mountain where there's cliff faces. Or really steep terrain where you just get this variety of, of, uh, of herbaceous growth and tree species that the deer miss. And there's, there's cool to see. You'll see yew, American yew growing, which is like a snow cone for deer. Uh, you'll see sarsaparilla, maybe some ginseng, hobble bush, mountain ash, uh, elderberry, right? Uh, some maidenhair fern. You know, all those kind of ephemeral and herbaceous growth, blue cohosh. And, uh, but, but they're not common as much as you think. For the most part, it's a lot of hay scented fern in places and a lot of beach. And black birch is making a comeback, man. Black birch is like going to become the future forest in the forest preserve. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, it's everywhere. But, there's a lot of bunch fern, which is like, you know, your cinnamon fern and all that fern, which is fine. That's fine to see. But yeah, when you start no. seeing a lot of hay-scented fern, then, then you know you're getting an over-browsed area. But, all right, so what about day three now? 
All right, day three. Let's see. Um, oh, day three, I hiked uphill, and I came across what used to be a herd path going to one of the trailers range. All right. Not now, used anymore? All right, so I haven't been on the trailers range, which is like these peaks of trailers peaks. They know there's no official trail, but they're above 3,500 feet, and it's it's away from where my site is, so I have to kind of hike to it. I was like, you know what? Let's go up there. I want to see what's going on. Maybe I can get a view towards a different spot, so I'll go check it out. I could not believe these. I haven't been there in 20 years. 2004, three, maybe maybe the last time I've been there. Four, three. These are no longer herd paths. <laughs> They're hiking trails. <laughs> They're man. hiking trails, man. Oh, no. I could not believe how beaten down. Oh no. The trailless range now is. Hmm. I mean, I think you could follow it out any direction. Uh, maybe someone's calling. Let me know. But where I was, you could very easily follow any which direction off the mountain. And, uh, you know, you can also tell it's getting used a lot is when there's a branch coming down the cliff, it's smooth. I know. People's hands are grabbing. This is on the trailers range. I mean, when I was there 20 years ago, you would start to find a herd path as you approach this, the canister, the summit. That's no longer the case. It keeps going and going and going. And it had no sign of stopping. And in fact, someone was there just before me because I looked at the log and they were there at 930 and I got there at 945. Oh, I was just, like, wait a second, that's today. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at my watch, like, could have just here. Could have yelled and they would have yelled back. Absolutely. So, you know, because people have been telling me they they go there, and I'm always like, wow, that's pretty, you know, bold to go out there, you know, hopefully your GPS works and stuff. But now I'm thinking, man, there's such a trail there. It's like, <laughs> wow. But hmm. I don't blame them because it is beautiful. It's a beautiful spot, and uh, it's pretty neat. But, you know, hopefully all of your tech works. Because, you know, if you did happen to lose, you know, your satellite or something, you would, you might be in trouble. But, again, if that herd path is so trampled down, it might not matter. As long as you have a good headlamp, get out. I don't know. Have you been up any of them? No, no, no. I've not been on Petrella's Peak here in the Catskills. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the biggest thing, like, in your area, I won't say the mountain because I don't want to give away your spot either. But, um... Those two that are near your spot I know what might, be, about. might be trampled as well, but I, you know, I don't know. I haven't been to the second in a long time, but the first one you're talking about, yes, that's there's, you can't miss it. Yeah, so you know, it, it, it it's amazing. So things have definitely changed since 2004 and five. Like when I was an assistant ranger, the weekends you get some people, but the usage is way higher than it used to be. I saw people down at the stream. This is trailers, by the way. There's no. I saw a group of six. The on your, on your trip, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, and what was the weirdest thing to me was they acted as though it was no big deal. And I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at them like I wanted to talk to them because of one, I'm like, you can't get there without like, you know, really trying. Okay, it's hard to get to. It's a pain in the butt to get to. Hmm. And I'm like, and they were like, eh, they weren't even curious. It's like, how the hell are you not curious? Like, I, anyone I see out there, which has never happened, but this time it did. I'm like, hey, how's it going? You want to talk? You know, like, <laughs> you know, how'd you get here? And, and how long you been coming here? And what do you think? And, but, you know, <laughs> just, they didn't want to talk about anything. No, huh? they didn't want to talk about anything. Huh. You know, she's like, you going swimming? I'm like, hell no. That yeah, water's well. cold as hell. <laughs> are you crazy? You know, so. Were they swimming? 
They looked like they just got done camping. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I went and did some fishing, and uh, I, I caught a, a, a trout for it. Yeah, the last three years, I've, I've had a dry spell. This year, I caught, you know, 10-inch brook trout. Wow. Which, you know, for something, for, for brook trout, that's not bad. That's that's good fish. And uh, they're just beautiful. Healthy. That's nice to say. Nice, healthy, fat brook trout. Right. Doing just fine. You know, he wasn't struggling. I've caught some brook trout in the past on streams that were kind of subpar. And they'll have, um, like, a big head and a small body. You know, because they're, like, starving, kind of. Hmm. But this guy was nice and red-gilled. Rounded and, off belly. Yeah. No, he's doing just fine. But, um, so anyway, started the hike uphill back to the truck. Got to go up and over a ridge. And um, I'm on my bearing. I'm like, there's a hunter staring at me. I can't believe this. <laughs> it's like I've never seen so many people out in the woods. You know, and this guy actually did talk, and he might, he's going to come on the radio show. In oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about his uh, hunting. He's never went bear hunting before. He gets a bear. Have know? we ever gotten the uh, uh, guest speaker for the From the Forest show, From the Woods? No. <laughs> this is awesome. Nope. I met this guy in, in the middle of, um, of my bearing, and uh, he emailed me because I told him, yeah, yeah. He saw my truck down below. He's a Catskill Forest Association. So he's like, you know, he, he did reach out to me. I was like, hey, why don't you, why don't you come on the radio show? Because, you know, you could talk about how you, you know, found black bear hunting and why you went and how you got into it and all that. Because he's a new black bear hunter, you know. Yeah. So wow. it kind of interesting to people, I thought. But anyway, yeah. He talked to me. He was curious. I was like, okay, you know, like, like if you see someone out in the woods, you know what I mean? Like, you think, you know. Say hello, you know. Yeah, These people act as though they're on the street or something. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so odd to me. Right. So like, what are you gonna do? Just walk past them, act uh, like not even look, like we're in New York City or something. So we we talked for a while actually. So cool. It, it was good. And that's the one you sent him upward, or you gave him some advice, and he went up. Well, you know, I was looking for that trail junction and uh, wasn't as far as I thought, and then. Um, yeah, I was like, he was wondering where, you know, where he might see a bear, and he was in a good spot. I think he ended up going pretty close to there, but he changed, at, you know, I think morning to his afternoon or afternoon to his morning to catch the bear coming up, mm -hmm. get him during the day, you know. But, um, yeah, he said he uh, strung it up and skinned him out there and packed him out. Cool. Yeah, I was wondering how you uh, found out his results without running into him a second time. Yeah, I didn't run into him. No, yeah, no. He emailed you. That's really cool, man. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's not amazing. It's whatever. This technological world we live in. Someone can just be like, hey, I'm, I saw you in the woods today. It's like, it's kind of weird, but it's also like, yeah, it's pretty neat. You I know? was glad he talked to me. I mean, because now, you know, it's like three days I've been out there and it's like, right. I remember I was on the ridge one time, the Swank Ridge, like, and this is the most remote area, and it's off this trail, and this guy just runs past me. Didn't even stop, didn't even say hello. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You know? Like, I'm not like, like, I have to talk to you, but you think, like, in the woods maybe, you know what I mean? Oh, I talk to anybody I run into. I know. And you never know what, like, I mean, most of the time I run into somebody, I'm, I'm hunting. Um, but it's like, you never know what piece of information you might pick up from somebody or right. I like to pick the rant about where they've been, what they saw, and maybe I'll avoid that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so he, he came from central New York to go bear hunting there Wow, from uh, Homer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was pretty cool. 
you know. But um, so I can continue on my bearing and uh, went up and over, and that was about it. But it was it was a beautiful three days in the woods, and um, you know I'll do it next year again. I hope, but I don't know. The biggest thing was I could not believe how much I mentioned the black cherries, how much they were raining down fruit. I mean, they were some serious black cherries out there this year. Man, I, every bit of bearscat is just full of pits. So, I've, I, you know what though, I did go looking. I should, I should have said this. I went looking one day for black cherry after I saw the bearscat. Yeah. I found one stand loaded, like you're talking about, raining down, carpeting the the forest floor. The animals couldn't even pick it all up. Yep, walked. I don't know, a mile or so further on the same ridge system yeah. and got into another stand, looked very similar. Not There's no cherries, very few. I did see that in places where there was none. I wonder what caused that. I don't know, but there was so many cherries in places that they were fermenting. So that says a lot. The bears, was, I was like, this bear's not even keeping up with it. Yeah. I'm looking around like, I'm, I'm probably going to see a bear. <laughs> and then I saw a big pile of bear crap loaded oh, yeah. with cherries fresh i was like i must have just kicked them out i've seen bear nests and trees ripped up yeah. they've been climbing so um, i saw a sow with two cubs two weeks ago and i walked right up on them and they just like they didn't even want to leave it was like they had to leave because i was there yeah but they were feeding all the ferns were matted down no kidding yeah really bears is really what you see i mean there's some deer sign way more bear sign Probably just because there's not necessarily more bears, I don't know, but they move around more. Right. So they cause more sign. Plus, you know, deer don't mess around with rocks. So you notice bear sign is what I'm saying more. Right. Other than that, some grouse here and there. Hmm. High up? Yeah, in places where there's some down stuff. Yeah, you kick up a grouse once in a while. Both, yeah. but you know, mid slope anywhere, really. You could run into grouse as mm. long as there's a lot of material on the ground there's also a lot of areas that were cut like 30 40 50 60 years ago in some places and uh there's a lot of like sap saplings up growing up and they seem to be in there in places okay but other than that i mean never seen a turkey up there why would you nope never seen turkeys i never see i've never even heard coyotes up there hmm never Interesting. and i mean i will overlook a pretty big valley i never you never hear them up there out of all my years actually camping up in Sly Mountain Wilderness area, I think only once did I ever hear coyotes at night. Interesting. I know. Now that you say it, I can't say as I really run across tracks high up when I'm hunting. I'll see their scat once in a while, but... Yeah. I mean, by my house, if I open a window on any given night where my house is, I hear coyotes. Right, right. Down in the valley, you do. Just anywhere. You know? Yeah, and any trail that has a rock on it has got poop on the rock. Right. Hmm. But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, some birds, some, a lot of ravens, you know, they're always squawking away. But not too much wildlife after that. So, um, three days in the woods, how heavy is your pack? Did you weigh it? It's pretty heavy because, you know, um, just a rifle is nine pounds, but I don't know. I don't know how much it weighs. It's got to weigh 50 pounds, 40 mm. pounds. Yeah, that's a good pack. It's It's heavy enough. You know, where you know it's on. Yeah, right. And by the third day, though, you're starting to get in decent shape. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to leave. Yeah, by the third day, you're like, all right, you know, this, is a, this pack's getting lighter. Plus, you've eaten your food. I didn't bring much food, though. I brought two pepperoni sticks, two blocks of cheeses. I didn't even bring my stove this time. I was like, I don't even want to pack it in. I'm not going to make rice. 
Uh, I usually make rice when I'm out there. But um, maple peanuts is where it's at, man. Yeah? Yeah, all I do, I take a, a fajita wraps, mm-hmm. put cheese, pepperoni in there, sliced up with, with maple peanuts. It's the weirdest wrap you've ever seen in your yeah. life, but it works. Whatever. You know, Taco Bell's got the crunchy wrap thing going. Yeah. <laughs> maple peanuts is perfect because, you know, it's got the salt, the fat. You can last a long time on a pound of maple peanuts. Are you hungry all the time, even though you know you're sustained? Or does no. that drive you nuts? No. I mean, it was plenty of food. Mm-hmm. In fact, this time, I feel like I I took the perfect amount of food. Okay. Yeah. I feel like well, I just go for day hunts and day hikes and stuff, but it's like, it's always at the end of the day. It's like you're hiking out, right? And like all you can think about is like a burger and it drives your head nuts as you're walking the last mile. Yeah. I hate that feeling. Pepperoni stick goes a long way. Pepperoni stick and cheese. Are you getting one of those big ones you're talking about, like yeah. in the deli section, those two yep. two footers or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two big uh, two two big ones of those. Yeah. Uh, block two blocks of cheese. It's plenty. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the maple peanuts for just a quick energy. But that's about all we have on tonight's show from the forest. Tonight's topic is Ryan walks Ryan's walk in the woods, 2023. And uh, see you next week. I think we're talking to Ed Astopchuk from Trout Unlimited. Yeah, Trout Unlimited about uh, trout fishing the Catskills. Awesome. All right. Can't wait. Have, have a good one. Good night. Good night. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low. And the old man came home from the forest. His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway, and the bottle was his friend. And the old man stumbled in from the forest. Up a dark and dingy staircase, the old man made his way. His ragged coat around him as upon his cot he lay And he wondered how it happened that he'd ended up this way Getting lost like a fool in the forest And as he lay there sleeping a vision did appear So dear Who'd loved him in the springtime Of a long forgotten year When the wildflowers did bloom In the forest She touched his grizzled fingers And she called him by his name And then he heard the joyful sound Of children at their games WIOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Rockland Cider Works, upstate in Gilboa, an agritourism cidery with vacation rentals on a sprawling former dairy farm. Gluten-free hard cider made from 100%.